You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. It is so crazy that it's March 9th and... We go an hour on football stuff. We're going to keep talking football stuff. And hopefully, if there's time, we'll get to the pretty massive basketball story that came out about KU about two and a half hours ago. David McCormick and Tristan Inaruna have entered COVID protocols. They are not going to be active this week for the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Bill Self said he does expect them to be uh, back to full strength, at least in terms of everybody being available next weekend by the NCAA tournament. But Nothing is a guarantee. Hopefully, we'll get to some of that, but obviously, a lot to get to. We just heard from Jeff Long, had a press conference that started uh, about 45 minutes ago. He touched on a lot of different things. Now, Matt Tate, LJ World, KUSports.com, going to join us now on the show. Matt, uh, a lot of different topics were discussed in that press conference for Jeff Long. Well, what's kind of your, your big takeaway with that in the rearview mirror? What stood out to you in that presser from Jeff Long? We're, I thought we were going to talk Lawrence High and Free State. We know? can, we can. That's a bit. That's a pretty big story too. I told you we have a lot to get to today. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I think it was obviously uh, uh, a really, uh, a really good thing that that Jeff stood up in front of everybody and let us all ask those questions. I mean, sure, I'm sure that's not easy. I don't know that he gave a, gr- a ton of great answers, um, but but he did at least ask or take the questions and and i appreciate that in the job that we do especially um the 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 main takeaways um gosh it was it was so hard to kind of digest it all on the fly you know i think it's it's very obvious that uh that, that jeff long is moving forward assuming and expecting that he'll be the uh athletic director at kansas well into the future and and not only that but also be the guy that hires less miles replacement which I know that rubbed some people the wrong way and was, was up for, for debate and, and people were questioning, but uh, I think that's been answered. Um, he gave some background into, uh, into the situation of, uh, in terms of diving into less when he hired him and, and, you know, taking Jeff at his word there. I mean, he did background checks multiple. I think he said he, he did ask less directly if there was anything, um, that he should be concerned about from his past. And, and, and he flat out said that Les told him no. So, you know, you know, I, I'm in no way trying to let Jeff Long or KU off the hook for that. Um, but if we're to believe him as he stands there and talks to us today, you know, the, the, the right steps were taken at least at the beginning um, with regard to, to kind of vetting him. Now, again, it, 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 there's only a couple of people that know whether that's, fully accurate or not but um but 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 he did address it and i think that was important um the one thing that there was a takeaway that i that i still can't quite get my head around is if he told you no and that was wrong and what he did is essentially lied to you then what is it that made you settle with him and pay him two million dollars to leave. Um, you know, I asked him that a little bit. I asked him if it was a, a contractual obligation that, that required the settlement. Uh, I think a, another reporter later in the press conference asked, you know, bit flat out, why'd you pay him? And and I didn't really get great answers on that. I mean, I, I still don't know that we'll ever get good answers on that. I mean, it, it sounds like it was more of a. Uh, hey, let's just make this as easy as we can and not put ourselves or you through any more, um, 
you know, nastiness and, and, and months and weeks of, of having this dragged through the mud. And, and, you know, if that's the price for that, if that's worth $2 million and, and KU has the money to pay that, which is another question altogether, um, then, then so be it, you know, that's, that's for them to decide, not, not anybody else. But, um, but it does seem odd to me that, that they, they deemed this being in the city to part ways with less miles, which means that obviously believe something, you know, was, was done that shouldn't have been done. And, uh, and yet decided that he should be paid some money for that. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not my not my field, not my realm, not my world. I don't operate with that many zeros ever. But uh, but but I but I don't I don't quite fully understand that one. So those are probably my big takeaways. I mean, I, I think that you know we did get a few answers, and, uh, and and at the same time, you know, there's still some things that that are that are left unanswered, and and will continue to be questioned. Yeah, that was a pretty puzzling part too, and. Um, you know, at the end when he, I think that was the last question of the presser when somebody else asked it as well, uh, Jeff Long kind of said, you know, I think that's a legal question and I think that could be debated whether or not he lied, but you're right, that's the, that's the number one thing that I was kind of left with because I think it speaks to a sort of broader theme and conversation around this, the, the, the announcement of the two sides parting ways because, that I mean, that is official... I, you notice that we have to sort of choose our words wisely. You can't say, well, they didn't fire Les Miles. They parted ways. And that's the difference. If you fire a guy, you're not, you're probably not giving him $2 million. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how that Or, process... or you're giving him eight. Right, know, that's right? the thing. Like, like, the process yeah. plays out so much differently. And that sort of big question now is sort of the inner workings of this decision over the last three days that led you to saying, no, this is a mutual parting of ways. And we gave him $2 million to walk out the door. Yeah. I, I, it feels strange. It feels like, uh, it feels like, well, we were concerned by the David Beatty situation when we, when we, you know, kind of questioned that and, and brought that into the legal realm. It feels like, gosh, we paid Charlie to go away. We paid Turner to go away. We paid Mangino. I mean, it, and, and again, we, is not less, or I'm sorry, is not Jeff in any of those circumstances. He wasn't, well, sorry, he was involved in the Beatty one, but not Charlie, not Turner, whatever, not Mangino. But but it just, uh, you know, at this point, it just makes you wonder if if sort of the capital of, of KU football is so low, right, that, boy, you just can't afford any more mess. And, and yeah, money's expensive. And, yeah, this is not a good time to have to try to find $2 million dollars uh, what is it? A roughly roughly two hundred million dollars, or I'm sorry, two hundred thousand dollars a month for the rest of the year. They see how the settlement breaks down. That's boy, that's good money. Um, so so you know, it, it's it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe KU football has just reached a point where it's 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 an easier move to try to find that kind of money than it is to uh, to try to to continue to to you know. Just, I guess, hurt yourself, man. That's what I keep feeling like this is. I mean, it's just, regardless, whatever you want to call it, if it's, if it's bad hires, bad decisions, or if it's bad performances on the field, or whatever it is, it just seems to me like, hey, you just can't get out of its own way with regard to football. And, and so maybe the hope, and I'm just speculating here, but maybe the hope is 
all right, maybe this is a bad seed. Let's move on from this situation as quickly as we can. If that means it takes $2 million to do it, give the man his $2 million. We desperately need to start climbing in the right direction, and we can't do that if he's here. We can't do that if this lingers. We can't do that if this is a two, three, four, five-month process. So let's just nip it in the bud, end it right now, whatever that means, however that looks, and then let's go find the next guy. And God Almighty, see if he can do a better job than the last handful of guys have. So certainly no guarantees that that'll be the case. Um, in fact, the smart money would probably be on it not happening. I mean, the, the history and, and track record of recent hires is, is not good. Um, all of that prior to was on somebody else. But now Jeff Long's thrown himself into the mix, too. And he is now a part of that conversation when you look at the demise of Kansas football. You look at Lou Perkins, you look at Shane Zenger, you look at Turner Gill, you look at Charlie Weiss, you look at David Beatty, you look at all these people. And now Jeff Long's on that list too. And, and you know, that was not what, what he was brought here to do. He was brought here to, to kind of tear up that list, right? And so I'm sure he's finding himself in a pretty tough spot. Um, it doesn't seem like he's lost any confidence in himself either. That, that was Maybe I said this a minute ago, but that was the other – um, pretty big takeaway from that press conference. I mean, he, he very much believes that he will make a good hire and he is the right guy to go out and, and conduct this search. And, yeah, they're going to they're gonna get some help from a search firm, and, and they should. I believe every athletic director for every hire should, but that's you know, neither here nor there right now. But, but, but ultimately it's, it's going to be a lot of in, input from him, and, and he may make the, make the final call at the end of this. So um, good for him for being confident in his ability to do that. But um, I, don't think you can, uh, I don't think you can necessarily laugh or, or can you know, speak ill of the people who are, are questioning whether he can do that or not. I mean, it, it's certainly a, a, a legitimate question. Matt Tate, LJ World with us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Are you surprised that it seems as though he is going to be in charge or allowed or however you want to characterize it to find the next football coach for Kansas? You know, yes and no. I, I mean, I think on some levels, yes, because this one didn't go well, right? I mean, the only, the only, uh, the only experience that KU has with Jeff Long hiring a, a coach is, is – is less. And so that's um, at least a football coach. So, that, so that's, you know, that's, that's not great. I mean, that doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, but at the same time, in a, in a time when the athletic department is, is definitely hurting for money, like athletic departments across the country because of COVID um, and other things, but, but certainly COVID you're paying this guy a lot of money. And, and so better to get your money's worth, question mark i mean like i don't i don't know i don't know if you will but but you're paying jeff long a lot of money to do a job and so i i think it would be an indictment on the the whole structure and and maybe the entire athletic department and university uh as a whole if you're paying this guy this much money 1.5 million dollars a year and it gets to the tough stuff it gets to the heavy lifting it gets to the part where he really earns his money and you say yeah okay we better not let you do this. You might, why don't you sit this one out? I mean, at that point, you might as well just fire him because you're, you're paying him that money to do that job. And, and a huge part of this job, like it or not, fair or otherwise, is to make tough and good 
coaching hires, especially at the football and basketball level. So um, it's a little surprising because of his track record, sure, and, and Les wasn't a great hire, but um, but yeah, you're paying him, man, and, and so it would almost look worse, in my opinion, if you if you if you had him sit it out and you just kept paying him anyway, and then didn't actually put him on the hook for this one. You know, I mean that 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 doesn't sit well with me either. So. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely tricky. And, and, you know, like Jeff pointed out in this press conference, and, and I think it's fair, and, and he should have done so, uh, he believes, and, and a lot of people are right there with him, that, that this uh, football program is in better shape today than it was when Les Miles took the job. You could certainly debate that. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with either side. I wouldn't say right or wrong to, to whichever side you wanted to pick in that argument but but i do think there's some talent there i do think they've they've put together some quality recruiting classes i mean there there is if you can kind of separate the two and compartmentalize it and and look at it just through that prism you know i i think you could say yeah this this program's got a chance to, to keep going in the right direction but it 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 it, it makes that higher it makes what happens in the next few months all the more important if you view it that way. If if you view it as the other way and you just think KU's in the dumpster and in the gutter and it's and it's trash and trash is trash is trash is trash, uh, I'm not going to argue with there, you there either. Um, and and then that that kind of takes some of the, the 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 heaviness off of the hire because, gosh, you know, maybe they're just going to hire another bum and it's just going to continue to be a, a doormat. And and you know who's to say that's not the case? Um, but but. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to argue with either side, but, but I do think that there is enough here from ter- in terms of roster and recruiting and, and, and talented young players that, that you could certainly see the right guy coming in here and actually doing well with what they've got. Now, a lot of that depends on if all that talent stays here. A lot of that depends on finding the right guy, which is no guarantee. But if all those things come together and, and – the stars align and it, and it meshes up perfectly and that happens, then, you know, maybe less than two years were a, a small footnote in, in the, the, the long, ugly, nasty, steep climb that is Kansas coming from the bottom toward respectability. But, you know, all those things that I just talked about are, are so far down the road, I think, at this point. So um, we just got to let it all play out and, and kind of evaluate it as we go. Now, there's, I mean, there's so many different avenues we can go down now, um, and it sounds like we're not going to have any answer to this for a little while, but you've sort of touched on it here. Where do they go from here, whether it's Jeff Long or somebody else who ends up making this final decision in terms of hiring the next head coach? Uh Before we even get into like, potential candidates and what characteristics or qualities you'd want them to have, I think the big one is... The idea that it's March, most teams, as Jeff Long addressed, are about to start spring practices or already have started spring practices. You've got some pretty talented young players on the roster who were recruited by Les Miles and this current staff. That's always a dilemma in terms of bringing in a new coach. What do you think they do from here just in terms of when they set out on this hiring process are they setting out to find a coach for this year? Do you think they go through the season with an interim head coach? How do you think that whole thing plays out? Yeah, I don't think that was real clear, and, and that was disappointing to me too because I, I would have liked to know 
that answer. That's the question I get a lot, right? And and uh, not only do we not know the answer to that, but they're still Jeff's still um, juggling and deciding and evaluating what he wants to do uh, with with the interim head coach tag. And, and uh, you know, I don't blame him for that. I mean, you know, he can't take weeks to make that decision, but he, if he needs a couple of days to make the decision, that's fine. I, I don't think you have to you know, make that decision on the spot or, or do it before you decide to let Les go or, or excuse me, part ways with Les. I mean, it's fine if he needs a couple more days to decide between one of these guys on staff. Um, but, but yeah, I, I would have liked to get a little bit clearer picture of whether the head coaching search is for the 2021 season, because if it is, the timeline changes dramatically. I mean, you got to get a guy in here then. And I think that that's dangerous. And I think you could be risking your roster. And I think that you could be creating more problems than it's worth. Um, so that's something we'll still have to kind of decide. I mean, the, the or, I mean, sorry, decipher uh, the, the, the closest he, he came to answering that was that there was no timeline for the search and, and that it would be a national search. And so, fine a lot of that probably depends on who's available who you talk to who you can get in with and maybe who who surfaces so be it but um if there's a guy who surfaces that that you feel like is the guy and he wants the job now then i guess that would maybe change your tune a little bit and make you feel like yeah we better we better go ahead and get him and and if if nobody blows you away or knocks your socks off in the next couple of months and you head into the summer with no real feel for, hey, this is our top two or this is our guy we're targeting, then, you know, you probably just let it ride with the interim tag and, and let that guy carry this thing through the season and, and continue to search and continue to uncover rocks and look under things and, and, and most importantly, vet your candidates thoroughly. And then you hire in December just like everybody else does, but you've got a head start because you've spent almost an entire season, if not the entire season, going through the process so uh, you know if it were me i I would do the the latter i would do interim coach takes us through this season let's uh let's let's let him coach spring ball let's let him take it into summer workouts let's let him coach the season you know who the hell knows maybe maybe he turns out to be the guy you know i i wrote a column today advocating for emmett jones to be that guy because there's a situation in wichita where the same thing similar thing sorry um, an unceremonious ending anyway with their basketball program and head coach Greg Marshall led to the interim tag uh, handed to Isaac Brown. Isaac Brown, beloved by the players, liked in the community, you know, been around a little while, familiar. Well, he does a pretty good job, leads them through some trouble, has a pretty nice season, and then a little over a week ago is the interim tag removed and he's your new Wichita State head coach for the next five years. Could that happen with Emmett Jones? You bet. Could it happen with another interim coach? You bet. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no guarantee that, that that doesn't end up being the way it goes and take some of the pressure off of, off of your search. But ultimately, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I, I really get the feeling that this is it. This is Jeff Long's last shot at, 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 at this kind of thing at this level, for sure. And I don't, I'm sure that doesn't sound quite very surprising to anybody, but, um, you know, he can't miss on this one. And, and, and if he goes and he swings for a big name and a splashy hire and it falls flat like so many have done in the past, whether that's here or his other hires elsewhere, I mean, you're just setting the program back then, you know. So I, I think it'll be really important for him to 
to uh, not make this about him and, and to not make this about anything other than um, th- those kids and keeping that roster intact and, and doing what's right for Kansas. And there are very few people out there who know not only what's right for Kansas, but also who know what takes what it takes to, to, to do this at Kansas. It is a monster job. It is, it is a hairy beast. It is, it is hard. It, it is not for the faint of heart. It is not easy at all. Um, you, you can't come in here and half-ass it. You have to come in here with passion, with unbelievable work ethic. You have to, you have to be a grinder. You have to be fully committed. And if you're not all of those things, you can't just be one or two of those things. You have to be all of those things. If you're not all of those things, this job will chew you up and will spit you out. And that's what makes it such a tough hire because there are very few people who are qualified on that level and and also willing to come in and and do all those things that I just said that are required. So um, good luck to him. It's a, it's a hell of an endeavor. It's, it's a really hard job. I wouldn't want to be in his position. I wouldn't want to, uh, to, to, to have to make that decision. I'm sure they'll find good candidates. There are tons out there, and I, I think there are a lot of guys you should look at and a lot of guys who will look really good. But, um, again, I think you, you have to come, come to the table with a pretty hefty checklist, and, and you need them to check all of those boxes um, otherwise you're, you're putting too much risk into it. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably a long winded answer to your question, but, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if, if Kansas will have a, uh, a full-time head coach by August or an interim coach moving the team forward. But, um, I hope they decide sooner rather than later. I don't, I don't think it does anybody any good to take this into the summer. I mean, I think if you get to that point, you maybe just ride it out with the interim guy. Man, I uh, I got a lot more I want to ask about this, but uh, we've been going for 20 minutes, and I feel like it's you know March 9th. I probably should touch on basketball a little bit because there was a big basketball story that dropped about two hours ago uh, when Bill Self announced at his weekly presser that David McCormick, Tristan Inaruna are in COVID protocols. They're not going to play this weekend. Um, I could go a million different ways with this as well, but just sort of how do you think that affects the outlook not just for this weekend but moving forward knowing that even though – uh, Bill said he expects them to be back next week. Uh, that's no certainty. Yeah, it's not ideal, obviously. Um, and, and I think he even addressed that, right? Like, you know, in some ways it might have been better to have the pause in the middle and, and be through it. I think he even said some of those teams that had to deal with the pause maybe have an advantage right now. And, you know, it, it, but but I, I credit Self a lot for his, for his handling of this and his demeanor throughout the season. I mean, um, it's hard for coaches, especially elite head coaches at high profile places to surrender control to anything or to anyone. And he's done a fabulous job of just throwing his hands up and saying, this one's out out of my control. I cannot control a pandemic. I cannot control uh, COVID. I, 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 I instruct and educate and, and preach to my guys how to act, how to handle it, how to behave, to do the best they can to, keep them safe and all that stuff and, and, and hope that works. But, you know, he, it's all season, every time it's come up, he's, he's, he's been very, very forthcoming with the idea that, you know, some of this is just luck, good luck or bad luck. And, and um, most teams have dealt with it. Kansas has not. And now Kansas has. And so I think his, his approach is great heading into this, this week. I think, um, you know, he still expects his guys to go over there and play well. 
and they have played well at times without McCormick. I think if if you look at it, I mean, this is a guy who's averaging what, like twenty four minutes a game or something, right? So he he's not a thirty five minutes a game guy. It's not a guy that you're used to having on the floor the entire game. And so when he's not out there, it's going to look really weird or feel really weird. He's barely playing half the game most games, and uh, so so I think there's there's um, some comfort that can come from that. I think these guys will be okay with the idea of, of uh, let's go see what we can do. Let's play hard, fly around. Uh, if we got to play small, we got to play small. If we got to count on Mitch, we'll count on Mitch, and let's see where where it shakes out. You know, so I think their approach will be great. I think their demeanor's right. I think uh, I, I think that yeah, they're going to miss Dave, and they would rather have them than not. Um, but it doesn't mean everything's lost, and and so I think that. You know he'll do what he can um, to to stay ready and get healthy and whatever he needs to do to to get through his portion here, and and I think the rest you know they just they just try to hold it down without him and then when they all reconvene and and meet up in Indianapolis next week and and it's March turn or March Madness time and and they're finally playing the the, the event that that every college basketball player dies to play in and and looks forward to throughout their life, you know, then you roll the balls out then and see what happens. So, I, I, I mean, you know, you could you could sit here and worry about his conditioning if he comes back, but at this point we don't even know if he's tested positive or not. I mean, this could be a contact tracing thing, or he could have tested positive. Self didn't didn't say, and, and you know, that's okay. Um, so so it's, it's hard to speculate and, and to worry too much about, well, when he's back, he might not have his legs or whatever. That you know, who knows? We'll find out. But but um, but I think it's great. I think I think uh, I think it's. I don't I don't think the situation's great. I just think their approach is great. I think that they're not going to use this as an excuse. They're going to win three games in Kansas City and see if that can help their seating and and uh, keep them moving forward. And and if they do, let's say they play well. Let's say they win a couple of games without him. I think if anything, that that benefits them moving forward and and when they do get to to Indianapolis because then they'll have even more confidence you know it's kind of like the other night against UTEP they they proved to themselves that they can come back from 15 down in the second half uh to win a game and and so now if they go win a game or two without McCormick or maybe three that's hard to believe but one or two is certainly possible man all of a sudden now you have that confidence in your in your back pocket and and, and excuse me your back pocket and and you become an even more uh, dangerous and, and dynamic team. And, and so, you know, I think there's there's a lot to be gained and, and self-flat out said it, right? He's like, this week's great. There's a lot at stake. This is a lot of fun, but it doesn't mean anything compared to what's happening next week. So we'll go try hard. We'll play small. We'll play Mitch. We'll do what we can do. Uh, it sounds like they've worked a lot in practice in the last few days on, you know, their smaller lineups. And so they'll be ready. Um, but we'll see how that, what that means, you know, just because they're ready doesn't mean they're going to win, but um, it won't be because they're unprepared. They, they certainly will have the right attitude, the right approach, and, and they'll be ready to play a basketball game on Thursday at five thirty. He is Matt Tate, LJ world. Check out his work. KU sports.com. Uh, appreciate it, man. I know you're busy. Um, I'm sure you got some stories. Yeah, right, I know. So. Hey, this feels like one of those where we could have gone an hour and not even noticed. Right. I mean, that's, I know, that's, I know man. That's a, this is a major day. I mean, this is when you go back. Let's see, where are we? Four thirty now. You're, you're talking about ten p.m. last night was when this press release came <laughs> out about less. And we're not even twenty four hours into this this thing, and and thrown into the middle of it is this uh, COVID news with the basketball team. 
uh, yeah, that's a wild, wild 24-hour period, and and uh, the next few weeks are going to be equally as interesting. But um, you know, should be fun to follow it all. Put another pot of coffee on. You you, you might need there it, is. it to get through this. Buddy. Okay, I'm not a coffee drinker. Okay, yeah. there you go. Sorry, I should have known that. All right, no, it's okay. I know I'm weird like that, but that's it. Coca-Cola. <laughs> If they're listening, I'm open to sponsorship deals. Uh, I, I I would tattoo myself. I, I'm a big, big Coca-Cola fan. So let's uh, let's work something out. All right, we'll see if we can get you in touch with uh, with their people. A little backroom. Dealer. I'll cut you in if it happens. All since, right. it, since it since it since it was born right here right now on the air. All so. right, that's all I ask, man. Appreciate you for uh, for thinking of me, Matt Tate, LJ World. Have a good one, man. All right, Nick. Thanks, man. You take care. All right, you too. That is Matt Tate of the LJ World. I'm Nick Schwert. He's Derek Johnson. It seems like based off the press uh, the press release last night, the press conference earlier today, that Jeff Long is going to be allowed to make that decision. Is that a foregone conclusion? We'll discuss it next. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk. You already know that if you need a car wash, you need to go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. They've got all the tools and expertise to keep your car clean, both inside and on the outside. You want it clean inside because if anybody gets in your car, they're not going to want it look like a pigsty. Plus, you're going to want it clean of all those germs. You want it clean on the outside because if you're going to be pulling up in somebody's neighborhood, maybe going to see a friend, they're going to see the outside of your car and go, wow. This guy, he knows what he's doing with his car washes. That's because Tommy's Express Car Wash is going to take care of you. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax. That's right. Have it looking real spiffy. Wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush, and spot-free rinse and vacuums as well. If you're like me, you have a dog. I have a golden retriever. She sheds so much. So I need the vacuums at Tommy's Express Car Wash, and boy, do they have them. They do them right. That's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's Express Car Wash. And don't forget to download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's at Tommy's Express Car Wash. It's Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports, going to join the show at 5 o'clock. We'll uh, talk to Kevin about where he thinks KU should go from here and if Jeff Long should be the guy who ends up making the decision. I know as of right now, it seems like obviously he's going to make the decision. He was quoted in the press release last night. When KU announced they were parting ways with Les Miles, he just held a press conference earlier today. Why would you let a guy go up there, hold a press conference, answer all these questions, talk about all this stuff publicly if you're not going to let him make the decision? Because then somebody else will have to have a press conference and talk about what decisions they're going to be making. There's a lot of questions that were thrown Jeff Long's way, and he didn't give a lot of straightforward answers, but there was one question or line of questioning that he did give a straight answer on, and this is why people are afraid to give straight answers in press conferences. Because when that question is twisted or contorted or asked in a slightly different way, your answer may change a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you are contradicting yourself. And that's exactly what happened today. Actually, the first time Jeff Long spoke on this specific subject, was in his opening remarks. He wasn't asked about this. He wanted to clear the air about the hiring process back in 2018, right? The big question we've been asking since last week is, what did you know? What did you know about Les Miles and the allegations back in 2013 at LSU? What did you know? What did you ask? How deep did you dig? 
And what was Les Miles' response when you began to ask those questions? This is, again, not a question. This is Jeff Long in his opening statement regarding everything I just mentioned. Here's what he had to say. Before I open it up to questions, I want to provide some background on the 2018 search process so our fans, alumni, and donors have the facts on what actually took place back then. When Les Miles was identified as the lead candidate to be the head coach in 2018, as the University of Kansas and Kansas Athletics does, with all hiring and hirings, we ran multiple background checks on Coach Miles. I also asked Coach Miles directly during the interview process whether there was anything in his past that could potentially embarrass the university or himself or our program. And he said no. Okay. I asked him whether or not there was anything in his background that could embarrass the school. His answer was no. We now know that to be untrue. There was something. Back in 2013, he was alleged of sexual harassment. So at the tail end of this press conference, somebody asked, Jeff Long, why'd you pay him $2 million then? It was Andy Staples. Andy Staples of The Athletic. Asked Jeff Long if he lied to you, why'd you pay him? Here is that question and response. Jeff, this is Andy Staples from The Athletic. You, you mentioned that you asked Les if there was anything that would embarrass the program or the university, and he said no. Wouldn't lying to you in that instance void his contract or make it where you... You could fire him for cause. Andy, that's really a legal question as to um, how he could or couldn't respond at that time. Um, but uh, that that was his response. And But, so but I, that is a lie. That, that is a lie to you because there was something, and now here you are embarrassed. So why would you pay him in this instance to leave? That... Uh, is debatable whether that's a lie. And again, I'll leave, leave that to our legal people to dice that out. So um, we felt is important to move our program forward that we needed to basically uh, agree to mutually part and pay less through the remainder of 21 is basically what it comes out to. So, Okay. Um, that's not the best answer you could have heard from Jeff Long there to wrap up. The press conference. And by the way, having that be the last phrase out of his mouth to end that, it's a bad one. It's a bad note to end on because you got caught there. You got caught not knowing what to say. I'm not saying you got caught in a lie. I'm saying you got caught not knowing what to say. And at some point, I'm trying to connect these dots and figure out how it fits together. And it doesn't. It doesn't fit together. How can you in one hand say, we asked him, was there anything in your past that could come back to embarrass us? You said no. We found something in your past. It came back to embarrass us. And then we paid you $2 million to go away. And you say, oh, it's debatable whether or not he lied. What's the other side of the debate then? If it's debatable, then there has to be another argument. There has to be the side. Well, you could argue that what? That he forgot about what happened back in 2013? I don't see how Jeff Long survives this. You could have went into that press conference saying they're not going to fire Jeff Long. They're going to let him make this hire. And rightfully so, because if he's having a press conference, he's probably going to continue to be the athletic director. 
And quite frankly, you go and you, you comb through the details of Jeff Long's contract, he probably has more leverage to keep his job than Les Miles did. Because remember, when Jeff Long signed his contract to become the AD, remember this? Remember? He has this clause that says if KU gets in trouble or gets put on probation for however many years, his contract automatically gets extended. We kind of wondered at the time that could come back to bite KU a little bit, huh? I don't know all of the details of his contract, and maybe this is time for us to go back and sort of comb through it and figure out exactly where the leverage lies with Jeff Long. Because I don't know exactly what his... He may be able to say, you know, go ahead, try and get me out. Les Miles didn't want to engage in a legal battle to keep his job. What do I have to lose? I will. Les Miles didn't want his name tied to the phrase sexual harassment being brought up for the next two years in headlines. So he went away quietly. I don't care about that. I'll fight to get my money. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. But I know his contract situation makes things a little stickier. I went into that press conference thinking, well, he's clearly sticking around. I left that press conference wondering, how can he stay? How can this man be the one you're going to place your faith in to figure this out. And if you're Douglas Gerard, that has to be the question that you're getting asked right now. Because I'm telling you, and like, here's the thing. Like, we do this, and I joked about yesterday about guys who write columns, and, and they feel like their words are more profound, and guys who do what I do, do radio shows, do podcasts, we feel like our words carry a lot of weight. So if I say, okay, I'm finally going to say it, Jeff Long's got to go, Wow, I can't believe I said it. Aren't those, don't those words carry some weight? Not really, man, because go anywhere right now. Talk to any KU fans who watch that. Go on Twitter. Go talk to your friends. Get in your group chat. Do whatever you want to do. Everyone, almost universally, is looking at that guy and saying he's got to go. Everyone. Like, find me someone who watched that and said, "Good, that was a good job by Jeff Long. No, uh... There were definitely moments where it seemed shaky, seemed nerve-wracked, which, again, you get it from the human standpoint. But um, when you're in that position, you're trying, like, the image does matter. And, you know, looking around after a question as if you're looking around for help. Real quick, I do want to mention this. Chris Vanini of The Athletic uh, just posted this. He said, there's a non-disparagement clause if you're wondering why last night's statement didn't mention the LSU investigation also, probably why Long couldn't call Les Miles a liar after the fact when Andy Staples asked and Long deferred to legal. So he knew he couldn't say anything publicly. Yeah. But then that becomes the next question, right? Is everybody's protecting themselves from not having to say anything publicly? They're just, all that does is breed more questions. Why, though? Right. Like, why are you guys being so secretive yeah. about this when if you thought that he lied to you? Like, it doesn't answer the question. No, it, no. It's it just like, makes it more frustrating knowing we'll never get a full answer. It's like the government when you have whatever area, is Area 51? Yeah. That's the right one. It's just like, well, why is this here in the middle of, like, Roswell, New Mexico? And they're like, no, I don't know. We're not going to tell you. It just makes people, like, get suspicious. And that's why you have conspiracy theories. Well, they, like, wanted to storm, they wanted to storm Area 51, right? right. They, got, they have flying saucers back there. They have new age technology. He can't answer that specific question. He can still answer, why'd you settle? Why'd you give him two million? You can still ask that. You can't answer if he lied. 
you can still answer, why'd you give him $2 million to leave? That's a question you can still answer. And Jeff Long didn't have an answer for it. I mean, dude, we'll maybe do more of this tomorrow when we have some time. But I'd be really interested to go back and play you a clip of that press conference in 2018. Not when he, when he announced the firing of David Beatty. And that they were opening, opening up a national search. Compare those clips to these clips. That time he got to fire a guy who he didn't hire. This time he had to fire a guy who he hired two years ago. So you can understand why his tone may be a little different. Back then, he said, you know what? I'm not going to really use a search firm. I'm going to do this myself. This time, I think I'm going to use a search firm. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good idea. Okay. That time, we need somebody with head coaching experience. This is a big job. You can't learn on the fly. We'll see. I mean, they're, the names that are being tossed out there, Jeff Munkin, uh, Lance Leopold, guy from Navy whose name I can't pronounce. Ken Niamatololo. I hope be, we get him just for that. You're going to be on call <laughs> for the next couple of weeks if his name keeps popping up there. Willie Fritz. A lot of, I mean, those are all head coaches. But I also think, as we just talked to Matt Tate of the LJ World, I think there's a decent chance that this is a hire within. I do. I really do. And I think the biggest, at least for this year, you let somebody be the interim coach so you don't have to worry about guys leading. Because that, that, to me, is question number one. What can you do to mitigate issues right now? Keep as many players on campus as possible. Because if you bring somebody in and 10 to 12 guys leave, and those are starters for your team, regardless of how good you think KU is going to be this year. I mean, they're probably staring down the barrel at one, two wins, maybe max. Those leave, then all of a sudden it's back to where you were two years ago. So those two years were for nothing. You cannot let that happen. You cannot let these two years be for naught, and then you're just back to square one. And if I'm Doug Gerard and I watch that press conference, I'm saying, listen, I thought it would be easiest just to move forward with Jeff Long and sort of give, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to get it right. But you, where's your public support? You have no public support of Jeff Long. And I don't know the inner workings of that athletic department and how many allies Jeff Long has, but I've talked to donors. And, and I know people who are alumni and people who do donate to KU, and I don't know many of them who have any faith in this guy to continue to lead this athletic department. Not to mention, Bill Self has one year left on his contract after this season. If you don't care about football, because I know there is a contingency of KU, a contingent of KU football fans or KU fans who don't care about football, who are just basketball fans. And if you're one of them, listen to that press conference, take the time to do it, and ask yourself if you want that guy being the one to handle Bill Self's contract extension or, God forbid, to hire the next KU basketball coach. I'm glad you brought up the self-extension, too, because we haven't fully like gone deep into this. We've referenced it a couple times. But like every time it's brought up, the the counterpoint, the rebuttal crowd of it is like, well, they're probably just waiting for the NCAA stuff to, to end. Well, I have two questions to that. One, what happens if the NCAA stuff doesn't come to a close by the time his contract's up? And I then mean, that would be a long time, but yeah, it it's would. still... But yeah. it's, I mean, it's possible. Who yeah. knows? The more important thing, though, do you think there's always naysayers, there's always negative people? So I don't want to make this sound like it is 100% because it never is. Do you think 90% of Kansas fans 
If they gave Bill Self, whatever, a five-year or seven-year extension, and then they got popped for something with the NCAA, they would say, oh, man, too bad we did that. Or do you think they'd be like, ah, well, that sucks. We thought that was coming, but glad Self's back. I think it'd be the latter. I think so, too, because the latter still provides a sense of stability. At least there's somebody in charge who knows what they're doing. Because, I mean, we played you the exchange earlier. Do you want to play this again? Do you want to play the exchange of Sam Mellinger of the Kansas City Star asking Jeff Long about his track record, which isn't great, of hiring football coaches? He hired Bobby Petrino, who was let go in a horrible scandal, and then a terrible hire of Brett Bielema, who was just, like, not a fit in Arkansas. didn't work out. Both those guys got fired. Jeff Long was let go. And by the way, it's not just football hires. Like, his basketball hire wasn't great either. Hired Mike Anderson. That didn't work out great. Here is Sam Mellinger asking Jeff Long about those hires and, and to why, after seeing that track record, he believes he is still a good judge of talent when hiring football coaches. The hires that you made in Arkansas, we were talking a lot about less, but the hires in Arkansas weren't successful either. Are there things that you've learned? In, in what regard? Possible? I would have to ask, what regard were they not successful? On, on the field? I mean, in the uh, Petrino thing, we don't, we don't need to get into that. But, like, what, what have you learned from those processes? Or what, why do you think KU fans should be confident that, that you can make this hire uh, the right one? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I've been involved in college football my entire uh professional life. Uh, I've worked at a number of institutions. I've worked in another, a number of conferences. Um, I have, excuse me, uh, worked in uh, many different ways in college football, but I think I'm uniquely prepared having been a college football coach at the division one level uh, at a power five school early in my career. And then having worked at a number of power five institutions along the way. So I, I'm confident in my uh, knowledge. I'm confident in my experience. And, you know, I have no doubt that we can find the next great leader for the KU in the best interest of our student athletes. So, I mean, Jeff Long's response there, he basically, Sam Mellinger says, you had a bad track record of hiring football coaches at Arkansas. He said, well, in what regard? Uh, in On the field success, there wasn't much. I, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? That exchange, that's going to be the moment that everybody's going to forget, by the way. For, remember, excuse me. That will be the moment that everybody will remember from that press conference. Because it's not just locally relevant. People in Arkansas are going to go, huh. I, I, I guarantee you there's a radio show in Fayetteville right now laughing at that quote. <laughs> laughing at that quote. I promise you there is. I guarantee you, everybody in that town's laughing at that quote. So he debated whether or not, yeah, no, no, it's, I don't know, I don't know, in what regard, like, are you sure? You sure I was that bad? And Mellinger says, okay, well, what makes you feel like you were prepared to make this hire? And all he had to say in response was that he's done this for a long time, that he's worked in athletics for a long time. I'm sorry, but being... A gypsy athletic director does not make you qualified to hire football coaches. That is such an absurd argument to make that having had done this for a long time means I'm good. Are you sure? Just because your resume looks like a thesaurus doesn't mean that you have had success. It doesn't. You know what good athletic directors do? They keep their jobs. 
And I'm not going to fault anybody for getting fired because it happens in, in athletics. It just does. Andy Reid got fired from Philadelphia, okay? Doesn't mean he's a bad coach. There's a difference between having two or three jobs and having eight. That was not a good press conference today. And you could say I have an axe to grind or I've been out to, to get long out. Yeah, because I don't think he's prepared. And he showed you why as clear as day this afternoon. Will he make the next hire? Who should KU be looking at? We'll talk about that with Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports, next. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Okay, so we can go on all week about Jeff Long and the job he did in the press conference and if he will or should be allowed to make the next football hire for KU, but I do want to start the conversation of what sort of process will be wrapping this this football hire, and I'm going to talk about that with Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. He joins us now on the show. Kevin, this job compared to what it looked like in 2018 when KU hired Les Miles, how would you compare it now to then? Uh, I think it's a better job if for no other reason than the scholarship numbers are better. You know, Kansas is in a spot now, you know, scholarship numbers are going to be fluky for everybody in 2021 with seniors being able to come back. And for some schools, that means that they're going to have over 85 scholarship players. And so Kansas is not going to have it's not going to be able to make up that gap with the school that say was would have been at 85, but now they've got 10 seniors that are coming back. Having said that, with the way the numbers are now, with what they've done the last couple of years, if they can avoid massive, you know, attrition over the next year or so, Kansas will be at the or around the 85 scholarship limit at least, you know, within spitting distance of it for 2020. And that will be the first time, Nick, that they've been there since probably when Charlie Weiss inherited the job. It's been that long. And I know a lot of people kind of struggle to understand how that could be the case. There there are multiple things that you can look at. But uh, I think the from where it has been, you know, by virtue of the last couple of recruiting classes, but the single biggest thing is that when Charlie Weiss went ahead and got rid of about 20 players or so. He told me, you know, 20-plus players at Big 12 Media Days when I asked him about it, I think heading into his second season. When he did that, it was basically the equivalent of Kansas, you know, levying sanctions on itself. And, and so the Jayhawks just now are getting to a point where the next coach is not going to have to deal with a roster that basically had sanctions imposed on it. And so I think because of that, uh, there, there are a lot more positives now or even when Les Miles took over a, a couple of years ago. And people forget this in part because I think a lot of people, you know, really like David Beatty as a person and everything else. And there were some exciting things on roster when you look at Puka Williams, et cetera. David Beatty had one player committed in that next year's class, you know, one. So when Les Miles came in, 
you know, they decided that that, that one player wasn't wasn't somebody, you know, not to, to knock the kid or whatever, but wasn't somebody that could necessarily or help the program at that point. And Les Miles had to go out and, and in what, Nick, about two weeks, basically put together the start of an entirely new recruiting class. There wasn't a single member of the recruiting class that KU had when, when David Beatty was there that they signed in that class. And so, when you add all of that together, the fact that Miles had to put together a whole recruiting class in his first couple weeks, that that you had the scholarship numbers, et cetera, I do think they're a little bit ahead of, of where they're at. And it sounds like from talking to some of the candidates and everything, they don't believe necessarily that KU is still four or five years away, which is something that I've seen a, a lot of people say you know, sort of in, in talking about this job. They think that it's potentially something closer that if the right guy comes in, you know, and, and develops and, and imposes culture and, and discipline and all different things that, you know, this is a Kansas team that, that could be winning, you know, four or more games, potentially even going to a bowl game by year two or three. Do you think that with when you talk about the young players on this roster, the guys that Les Miles staff specifically has brought in, do you think that there is a fear built in of those guys potentially departing if there is an outside hire for this season as opposed to n- naming a guy like Emmett Jones or Joshua Ergel the interim head coach for the 2021 season until you can sort of fully embark on this hiring process? You know, Nick, that's a that's a fear that I think everybody has whenever you make an outside coaching hire, right? Is you you bring in somebody, there's always somebody that was attached to the previous staff or the previous staff's way of doing things or or whatever else. Sometimes it's a starting player who all of a sudden has to fight for his job anymore. Or again, after he's you know, after he's worked really hard to win it under a previous coach. So I do think that there's that concern with whoever you hire. I, I think at the same time, a lot of these guys, you know, came to Kansas to to try to want to win. And, and Nick, I know you've talked to a lot of these guys. Derek has, you know, as well. And I don't want to put this on on, on one player or whatever else. But a guy like Kenny Logan, when when you when you talk to him, uh, I think that he's somebody just as an example. He wants to win at Kansas, and he's been trying to put in the work to to get Kansas to be a winning program. And I think if the next comes in and shows that type of player, hey, we're moving in the right direction, I don't know that you see the massive attrition. Now, having said that, I think Kansas has a tendency to not look at everything in its coaching searches. And even, even with the most recent news, you know, even leaving that out, I think there's almost a tendency at times to rush or to get focused in on one guy. And so to me, Nick, going with an interim coach is not necessarily a bad thing for the upcoming year. I'm not saying that you won't wind up hiring somebody that you would have originally. You might wind up uh, with a Willie Fritz or a Lance Leopold or, or whoever, but I think you need to take your time and you need to get a feel for each of your candidates before you go ahead and make that decision. It shouldn't just be as simple as, wow, this guy's interested in us. We think he's pretty good. Let's move on this thing. 
because that's where, where Kansas has gotten in trouble in the past. And they've gotten in trouble in the past, if we're being 100% honest, Nick, with some pretty good candidates out there at times. You know, the Charlie Weiss hire was made when you had Gus Malzahn wanting to come. You know, one of the, I think it was the David Beatty hire, one of the other options was Troy Calhoun, who's a, a heck of a coach. And and again, that's not to, to knock either of those guys. It's just, if you go through the entire process in this case, if you get a feel for all of the candidates, it doesn't guarantee success. But I think it's a lot better than rushing in feeling like you have to get somebody in there as soon as possible and potentially setting the program back again by missing on a coach again. Do you think that Jeff Long's presence in any way alters the attractiveness of this job opening? 100%. And I'll say that without even saying anything negative about Jeff Long, and here's exactly why, Nick, because – I'll be honest with you, there are some coaches who want this job that are not familiar with Jeff Long, and that's not a knock on Jeff Long. I'm just saying, like, they haven't crossed paths, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's just something that happens. What they do know and what they do read is that Kansas could potentially be looking for an athletic director in the next year. And there isn't a football coach in America that wants to go into a situation where the guy that hires them, the guy who's supposed to have their back and believe in them, et cetera, could be gone, you know, let's just say before they even coach their first game. And so with the volatility there, with some people and some coaching candidates believing that Jeff Long is not long for that job, sorry for that, but with them believing that, I think that, there's some tendency on the part, or there's some there's some uh, nervousness on, on the part of, hey, if I go ahead, go for this job, and I get this job, and the athletic director who hired me isn't there through my entire through my first season, and then all of a sudden I'm having to play to impress somebody who didn't hire me. I mean, that's pretty much your nightmare scenario as a head coach in terms of having an athletic director who supports you, has your back, and and has that relationship with you through the hiring process. So let's start getting uh, into the details a little bit. Uh, Jeff Long wouldn't even touch it. He said he hasn't had time to even embark on that part of this process yet in terms of reaching out to potential candidates. Where do you think KU starts with this coaching search, Kevin? You know, I think, you know, you probably start with the search firm just because, as I understand it, and, you know, as certain people have reported as well, I've spoken to five people who have put their name in for the coaching job. Um, I know some people have said overall that number has reached 30 or it has gone above. And I don't think a lot of people realize, yes, when you look at what search firms do, sometimes they just pick the obvious choice, et cetera. I think that's what helps you there is there's no way for an athletic director, even one as as long touted himself today, having a unique ability and and a history in the game and everything. Jeff Long getting 100 resumes isn't going to help anybody, right? It, It doesn't help him. He can't really do his research on all of those guys. And so the search firm helps it in that regard. 
you know, you're able to make it a more manageable pile, if, if nothing else. And, and so I, I think that's where you start. You start by eliminating some of the people who maybe don't really have a realistic shot at this job. You, you can ask questions of some other people. Okay, why is this person wanting the job? You, you can get to a point where, you know, you get your, your candidates of five and, and really start to, to narrow things down in terms of, okay, this is what we want. Do we want somebody who is an established head coach? who's an older hand, who has experience with these kind of building jobs? Do we want a Matt Campbell? You know, somebody who, you know, and Campbell was an established head coach, but I mean more as a, as a young guy that, that shows some buzz and so, some passion and things about this. And one of the things I've been talking about quite a bit on Twitter, Nick, was Mark Mangino wasn't the most qualified candidate for the Kansas job. You know, I interviewed Al Bowl after he made that hire, and I, I did a whole feature where I spent a day with Al Bowl, was working at the Kansan, and, and I talked to him about it then. I, you know, and just kind of offhand, hey, why did you do this? You know, why did you make this hire? And, and Mangino hadn't, you know, had the success just yet, and he said, you know, Kevin, that was the most prepared interviewee I've ever seen in my life. He said he had a contingency plan for everything. This is where we're going to recruit. These are the types of players we're going to recruit. Here are some coaches I'm going to have on my staff. Here are the other types of coaches I'm going to go. Here's the type of offense I want to run. If this doesn't work, then we can go this way. If we recruit this way, then we can go that way. And so it wasn't something that you could determine just by looking at, well, okay, this guy's had success here and here. Maybe he would work at Kansas. No, you have to get a feel for the guy in the room. You have to understand if he really understands what he's getting into. Does he understand? Because Kansas has its own quirks, and, it, and it's got its own problems and things like that. And one of the things that people have really struggled with, I think, since the Mangino era, is a lot of these coaches have made life on themselves with some of the choices that they've made. And so that's where you decide that, is in the room. Does this guy really know what the challenges are facing Kansas football, and can he fix them? And so I think you start off by, by narrowing that pool of, of players, and, and maybe you even go into it feeling like, well, if Lance Leopold's interested as he's reported to be, you know, we're going to interview that guy. We don't that guy that much. We think that he's going to be a finalist already at this point. But you're going to narrow out all the guys who are maybe sort of fringe guys and shouldn't really be in consideration for the job. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like you're saying uh, a, a different version of what I said earlier, which is like I'm just tired of seeing these sort of C-list football celebrities take over. Who it, 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 it seems apparent that while they may have the intentions of doing the right thing, I just don't know if they have that have it in them, the, the inner desire or that, that fire in their belly to turn around a program. Because like you mentioned, it's not just, hey, we need, we're, we're, it's a rebuild. Like Kansas sort of has its own definition for what you're getting into when you take over. And I think you're right. I think it takes a certain special type of personality to understand and embrace that. Nick, I said earlier today that there are three coaches that I would call if I were Jeff Long, either today or tomorrow, I'd make it quick in terms of who I would call. One of them would be Ed Warner. 
One of them would be Joey McGuire at Baylor. He's the associate head coach there. And the other would be Brent Deerman. And the reason I would call those three would be to get information. Ed Warner has been interested in the Kansas job, you know, pretty much since the Mangino staff was let go. So he's fucking with everything. And he was at Kansas when it was successful. And he was at Kansas before it was super successful, right? Like he was there in, I think, 04 and then left and came back and was OC on the 2017. So he was there and part of the build as well. And with his familiarity with the job, call him up and just ask him, say, hey, how are you guys successful? What, what can we carry off of that? What part of the formula needs to be replicated? And you talk to him about that, and you, you know, if you like what he has to say, maybe you make him a coaching case. You think that he's got the answers. If he doesn't, you come away with good information. Joey McGuire was just part of the massive cultural rebuild at Baylor after that scandal. Remember, yeah. like they came in, people forget what a bad what bad shape they were in with with Matt Rule. Once they started there, after everything happened, you know they had some scholarship issues. They were able to build up more quickly, but the biggest thing was they had to rebuild that program from the inside out culturally. And so, call Joey McGuire and ask him, hey. How, how did you do this? How, how, what did Baylor do that could maybe work here? And then you call up Brent Deerman because there is no single outside coach who has as good an idea about where Kansas is or where they're going, right? He knows the entire roster. Tell him what's next or ask him what's next. Ask him where the holes are. Hey, what do you, who do you still need to recruit? Who do you still need to get in? Was there a coach that, you know, you felt like, hey, if we have a better coach in this spot, we could go somewhere. Ask him those questions. And, again, as with him and McGuire, if they become coaching candidates, great. If not, you know, you get this great information that you can use to educate your search and and kind of say, okay, we need people who talk about this because this is what's going to get us back. Here are our problems. This guy doesn't seem to understand this. He's not for us. And so those are the three calls that I would make, you know, you know, might be interested in the job in general. They're going to take your phone call and they're going to answer those questions. And I think you come out with a better idea of what's going on and where you need to go. I don't know if Brent Deerman answers a phone call from a 785 number. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if Ed Warner does either. I mean, Ed Warner wanted the OC job. If they call him now that there's a head coaching vacancy, wouldn't that be a headline, by the way? I know that's not exactly what you're saying, but like, if, sure. if they called when the head coaching vacancy after not hiring him for the OC, that'd be a pretty sensational storyline, Kevin. Sure, sure. You can say that, but it also wasn't Long's call who the OC was. And so when you when you look at when you just look at those calls, there's something that people that people who are successful at hiring do. The best is the best head coach in terms of hiring assistants that I ever saw or covered was Mac Brown when I was down in Texas. And the reason why was if his wide receiver coach quit in the middle of the night, Nick, he had a file on his desk with five names ready to go. And they were all from conversations that he had with different people. He would go around and he would ask, you know, USC, okay, what schemes give you trouble? 
what place, you know, when you're playing somebody who's recruiting wide receivers well. And he garnered all that information, did checks and everything, and so he had a good idea, you know, hey, if if I have to rebuild this position or if my DC, you know, gets gets hit by a car or whatever, you know, I have good ideas for who the next guys are going to be. If we're being honest, Kansas doesn't have that because Kansas doesn't understand necessarily what it needs. And that's why you need those conversations. So you can so you can talk to them and you can say, Okay, you know, we're we're here, you know, talking to one of our candidates, Willie Fritz or whoever. Willie Fritz doesn't seem to understand that recruiting locally needs to be a priority here. You know, as Ed Warner has said, as, you know, as whoever has said. And, and so you can make your decisions and you can decide, hey, that means a lot to me. We got to ask this guy. You can say that really doesn't bother me that much. And, and the flip side of that is if somebody brings up some of those other things without, you know, without you really even asking the question or they say, hey, my first priority is to do this. And you say, oh, my gosh, that's my first priority. And they say, and if this happens, my plan is this. And all of a sudden, you start to build out the framework of who your head coach should be. And I, I think that with the way that Kansas coaching hires have gone, not to, not to put it lightly, but with the way they've gone, doing due diligence, asking the right questions, and, and really going in and getting all the details is more important than anything else at this point. He's Kevin Flaherty. You can check out his work, 247sports.com. Appreciate your time, man. Great insight, as always, Kevin. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, Nick. All right, that's Kevin Flaherty with Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk.